the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots, and I'm joined by my co-host Don Dix, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. Uh, do we have anything to talk about this week, Don? You know what? It's been a really, really slow week. I can't believe how little... Oh, my gosh. It's like every day produces a week or month's worth of news that we could talk about literally for a week or a month straight, just picking it apart and discussing what its implications are both now as well as in the future. Right. And in our, in our second half, we're just a preview of coming attractions. We're going to have Gary Galeno. We're going to be talking about the vehicle mileage tax, a plan by uh, certain uh, p- uh, politicians and the government to tax us by the mile for, for every mile we drive in California and how that's going to be used to get more money from us and control us. Or we could tease it a whole nother way by saying that we're going to talk in the second half about the plans that California has to extract more money from your wallet because they know that you're not happy with the amount that you're currently being taxed, that you want to be taxed more. You don't want to be freeloaders. Right. And the Cali- state Brown's of California words. is more than willing to oblige your desire to make more contributions to the state of California in the form of vehicle taxes than you currently are. So stay tuned for their plans for your future and how they're going to reach deep into your pocket to grab more of your hard-earned money. Yes, but the first issue up today, and it has to be, is the Alabama Senate election, which is important in and of itself. But it portends a whole bunch of things that are even they're even more important that transcend this one race that dropped the Republican majority, or will once the new senator takes place, the Republican majority from fifty two to fifty one, and we've seen how much difficult it is to pass Obamacare ref- repeal and tax reform. And other things with 52, now we're going to n- narrow that margin one more. Exactly. So, what happened here is the uh, Roy Moore, the Republican, was defeated very narrowly by the Democrat got 49.9% to, the, to Roy Moore's 48.4%. And this is a state where Jeff Sessions probably won in 2014. He didn't even have an opponent. The Democrats didn't even bother running a token opposition against him. Donald Trump carried the state by well more than 20% in 2016. And here's where it gets interesting. You look at the vote total that the Democrat got 92% of the total that Hillary Clinton got in 2016 in Alabama, whereas Roy Moore got only 50% of the total that Donald Trump got in 2016. And you're not, and even in Alabama, you're going to lose when you get turnout numbers like that. So it really goes to show you what the effectiveness, probably, if you will, 
of the trotting out of Roy Moore accusers was because this is a seat that should have been won going away by a Republican, almost any Republican of any stripe. Right. So that so as if you follow the news at all, there were a number of women that came forward to allege that Roy Moore did uh, improper things with them 35, 40 years ago. And there are certainly reasons, at least in some of them, that you can just say to, to question their credibility. I mean, first and foremost, one of them has Gloria Alred as your attorney. I mean, there, there's, uh, there you can just question the credibility right then and there. And that one ultimately had to acknowledge that she forged the inscription that was supposedly done by Roy Moore in her high school yearbook. Plus, a whole bunch of other, other witnesses said the things that she said just aren't true. Then you have then you have this one who claimed he did improper things with her when she was fourteen, but she's had a whole series of problems throughout her life. Right, and uh, you, you look at this, when you look at that, on top of which said that she really didn't ever see Roy Moore. From that, I'm actually getting them mixed up. I'm not sure which accuser this was, but one of them, and I think it was the 14 year old. No, no, that was one. That was the one that was that that, that was Gloria Alred that said that she never saw him again, and it turned turns out, out he was the he was the judge in her divorce case. Not just her first divorce, her second divorce, I think. No. So at any rate, yeah, go ahead. Right, and then the 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 the, the, the one who was 14, she, series of psychological and personal problems. She made accusations, similar accusations against other people over the course of her life, and uh, at least in, at least in one key detail, uh, was shown to be wrong by her mother, where she claimed that Roy Moore called her on her bedroom telephone, and the mother said, "Oh no, she didn't have a bedroom telephone." So you, you see, had the situation, and this is where it's going to get get larger. This is women come forward. Something that happened decades ago, and now the, the guy, the, the male candidate, has to well try to disprove the, the prove disprove these allegations. Yeah, and I tweeted out at the time. Um, I, I I tweeted to Mitt Romney at the time, who said that in a court of law, you're entitled to due process, but in the court of public opinion and politics, you do, you are not entitled to due process. Which is very interesting that Romney would say that, because you remember, you remember what happened in, in, the, in the 2012 election. Harry Reid goes on the floor of the Senate and says, people are calling me, telling me that, that Mitt Romney hasn't paid his taxes right. for 10 years. So, Mr. Romney, do you want due process or any presumption of innocence on that? And, and, and here's where it gets even more interesting. Is after the election, someone asked, uh, asked Harry Reid about that, about lying, whether he felt bad about that. Yep. And Reid's response was, he didn't win, did he? Exactly right. And this, this speaks to the larger question of what Republicans are willing to do in order to win an election versus Democrats. Now, I'd like to think that we as Republicans, you know, we believe in the rule of law. We believe in a moral compass that we would not engage in certain kinds of activities when it comes to winning important, which clearly this was, important uh, elections. Democrats, on the other hand, especially, and we're going to talk about this in the next segment, especially as what's being revealed through the Mueller investigation into you know this uh, collusion narrative with Russia, we're beginning to learn things that the Democrats were willing to do in order to secure that election for Hillary Clinton. The, the, Russian, the Trump-Russia collusion was another blatant lie by the Democrats for political purposes to try to win an election where there's no evidence whatsoever to support any collusion between Donald Trump and his associates and the Russians 
during the campaign, and that has not stopped them from pushing that narrative. And we'll talk more about that in, 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 our, in our next segment. One of the things that I think that this election shows is that there are certain Republicans at the highest levels of our uh, system in Washington, D.C., that would rather see a proud progressive win a critical Senate election than a compromised constitutional conservative. And I don't, I don't even concede he's compromised. Obviously, we don't, I'm, giving, obviously, I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt that he did these things. Okay, obviously, we don't know what happened in these right. situations. And it, it, it can be a really unfair thing is that when, you, when, some, when you're 40 years later, yep. someone comes, and that could happen to any of us in, in business, any, that 40 years later, someone comes forward and says, you did this, and now you're, and the media, of course, runs with it and, and plasters it all over the place. And it further gets interesting in this. Bill O'Reilly was on some program the other day, and he says that his attorneys have heard a tape in which someone is offering a woman $200,000 to make sexual allegations against Donald Trump. I'm going to take that a step further. Sean Hannity on his show earlier this week described evidence that he has showing unequivocally that Democrats paid women to issue. We don't know which women. We don't know against whom, but they paid women to come out and make allegations against a political uh, opponent. It's hard to remember all this stuff, but you remember back during the campaign, 16, that uh, James O'Keefe and Project Veritas produced video of paid operatives of the Hillary Clinton campaign telling us on video how they send people to Donald Trump rallies to instigate violence and how they planned to commit vote fraud. This is how the Democrat Party operates. And I think you need to see these allegations that come forward late in a political campaign against a Republican in the context of how Democrats conduct elections. Because they, they clearly could have done this at any point with Roy Moore as a, as a judge, as a jurist. He's a guy who's been through prior to the Senate race this year has been through four statewide election campaigns in Alabama, and not a peep of this came forward. Right. Yeah, this really speaks to, I think, we are in fascinating political times, fascinating historical times. Look for this to happen again. So the the Democrats seeing the success of this this time, look for this to happen repeatedly coming up in 2018. And we are seeing more and more about how the deep state how this 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 these powerful people operate within the political realm in the Trump era. We've gonna we're gonna switch gears here to talk about a very important hearing that occurred this week uh, regarding the Mueller investigation and the revelations that have been percolating up over the last couple of weeks regarding the people involved in that and how this investigation may now be fully compromised. After this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now. And from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. 
Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office in the country. You guys, you guys who are listening to our show right now, if you're not out of your couch and onto the playing field helping to defend the values that made America great, helping to defend our constitutional republic, what we've learned over the last couple of weeks should be reason enough to get you out. What we're learning now is that there was a full court press on behalf of certain individuals within the highest levels of government, the departments that we depend on for our national security, that we depend on for objective judicial process on the part of the government, that there were individuals at the highest levels of these departments who worked actively in order to ensure the victory of Hillary Clinton, minimize the damage from her scandals, and maximize the damage to Donald Trump based on, if you will, pardon my pun, trumped up allegations. Yeah, and this and this just goes beyond the corruption. This even goes beyond uh, potentially paying people to lie and make uh, about uh, about political candidates. These are the intelligence agencies and the law enforcement agencies of the federal government. These are people that can come knock down your door and did they, to Paul Manafort at right. six a.m. in the morning using the, their authority to do something that was completely unnecessary and unwarranted in that case. That was that was just a show of force to try to uh, scare and, and, and intimidate. So these people have real power and authority. They can monitor our emails. They can monitor our telephone conversations. They have Cheryl Atkinson, somebody, and you, you presume that it's from the, from the government, had put software onto her computer to spy on what she was doing. Right, we, and we know James Rosen and other reporters were subject to uh, to being spied upon by these agencies, and now we're, we're and Tea Party groups that were assaulted by the IRS. Right. So what we're learning now, this is taking this to a whole new level of the politicization and the corruption of these of of these law enforcement agencies that you that you know. Until recently, I, I thought the FBI was a was a relatively straightforward. I mean, yeah, the, you, no one's perfect, and you, you, and you have to monitor what the government's doing. But I had no idea this level of corruption and politicization existed. Yeah, just listen to these headlines, Greg. Now, Daily Caller has a reporter by the name of Chuck Ross, and there are many. We have uh, folks that have appeared on the Sean Hannity show over and over, John Solomon and Sarah Carter, who have been documenting this. Uh, Greg Jarrett on Fox, who's an attorney, his background is as an attorney. He's been documenting this. You've got uh, Jay Sekula, who's now the counsel of the president. He has his own radio show. He's been documenting this. Listen to these headlines. Now, this is as a result of the hearings that happened on Wednesday where Deputy Attorney General Rod Rosenstein appeared before the House Judiciary Committee and Oversight Committee. Here's a headline from that. Deputy AG won't say whether the FBI paid for the dossier, even though that's within the purview of the Judiciary Committee. 
Another headline, we can't take that risk. An FBI official discussed having an insurance policy against a possible Trump election and presidency. Another headline, FBI agent praised Hillary Clinton while he was leading the email investigation. Now, this one takes the cake. This is the one I think we should spend just a moment on. Fusion GPS which was the organization that was hired by the DNC in order to produce the now infamous dossier. Based on Russian intelligence, by the way. That talk, wasn't talk, too intelligent. To talk, talk, well, they talk about collusion. Right. But yeah, there was, there, was Russian, there was collusion with Russia during the campaign. It was just by the Democrats. I concede the point, Counselor. Amen. Fusion GPS confirms hiring. Not just anybody off the street, not just any political operative, that would have been okay. Even a former reporter, remember, Fusion GPS is made up of former Wall Street Journal investigative reporters. Who did the who did Fusion GPS hire? Oh, how about a Department of Justice official's wife? Not just any Department of Justice official, not a low-ranking attorney in some district far away from Washington, D.C. Oh, no. The number two guy, four doors down. Uh, No, not the number two guy, but like the number three or four guy's wife. Four doors down from the attorney general in the executive suite hires this official's wife to do what? Investigate. Donald Trump, the same organization that produces the dossier, hires a Department of Justice official's wife to take part in the process of producing the dossier. And of course, the swamp says, what's wrong with that? Right. Oh, yeah. What's wrong with that? That's how we do things here in Washington. This is this is crazy. This is beyond criminal. And we have a clip of that three hour hearing. In which Rod, I'm sorry, not Rod Rosenstein. Yeah, it's Rod, Rosenstein. Rod Rosenstein, who's the deputy attorney general, the number two guy. Who was responsible, who appointed Mueller, Comey's best friend, to invent, to investigate Donald Trump after Donald Trump fired Comey based on a memo that Rosenstein wrote. Being questioned by Ron DeSantis about another official, an FBI official, who engaged in not just a couple of texts about his animus towards Donald Trump. We now know that there were thousands of texts between he and the lady that he was having an illicit affair with, who's another FBI official. And here is Ron DeSantis asking a key question of Rod Rosenstein. The role of Mr. Strzok, how much of this Russia investigation was was due to him? Because, yes, Mueller saw the text. Obviously, I think there was nothing he could do. You get rid of him. But how much of this whole investigation has been infected with his bias? Have you made a determination on that? I have not. But I I do want you to know, and again, without talking specifically about this investigation, that uh, the FBI does have procedures uh, for all investigations to ensure that they're appropriately vetted. So there's no case for any one individual would be able to make decisions on that. I hope that, but if you look at that damning text on 15 August 2016, this is bad. He says, I want to believe the path you threw out for consideration in Andy's office. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's Andrew McCabe's office. That there's no way he, meaning Donald Trump, gets elected. But I'm afraid we can't take that risk. We in the FBI can't take that risk. It's like an insurance policy in the unlikely event you die before you're 40. 
So let me ask you this. If you have those Walmart shopping Trump voters that Peter Strzok so derided in his text messages, how do they react to that? Do they have confidence in their FBI and their Department of Justice when you see that, that you can't let the American people vote somebody in who they want to? Congressman, I, I think uh, what I hope you can tell your constituents and to provide reassurance to the American people is that we have appropriate internal affairs officers who will get to the bottom of that. Our inspector general is the one who exposed that, and he's going to deliver a report, and we're going to take When is that report due? Uh, uh, you know, he. Gentleman's out of time. I, I believe it's going to be relatively soon. I believe he's actually testifying coincidentally next door. Uh, he knows I want to complete it as quickly as possible, but consistent with his responsibilities to make sure he gets it right. Not exposed. Not exposed when he was the person that made the decision to sign off on a Hillary Clinton email investigation. Not the person who decided to create the whole Donald Trump investigation. It took until July for the inspector general to expose the number, what was this guy, the number uh, two in charge of... I think it was in position something like, the, this may not be the exact title, but director of counterintelligence. Yeah, exactly. The number one or two guy directing national, uh, you know, counterintelligence. Go ahead. Well, but, but, it's like you, you want to look at just, here's this one guy, and maybe we'll do something about this one guy. It's a whole culture. I mean, yep. he had to get the promoted. Management. He got promoted through a number of levels to reach that level. You have the Justice Department official who's... Uh, whose wife was working for Fusion GPS that was coming up with this fake dossier on Donald Trump based on Russian intelligence. So they're not complaining about Russian interference. They're using Russian intelligence for this dossier. Then you have McCabe. So, by the way, get this, uh, get get the, the FISA courts right. to be willing to that's issue a uh, a warrant. To, so, what, and that's the other that's the other half of the story is that it appears that the FBI and the Justice Department under Obama use this fake dossier created by money from the Democrats and the Clinton campaign to then go get warrants to conduct surveillance of Donald Trump and his campaign. So this is, this just isn't, this, I mean, if you wrote a novel, if you made a movie. This is a movie. With this stuff in it, you you wouldn't believe it. This is a movie. Here you have people at the highest levels of the Department of Justice and the FBI conspiring conspiring against the possibility of Donald Trump winning the election, literally putting their finger on the scale of the Hillary Clinton investigations, creating the Donald Trump investigation in the unlikely event on, in their words, if this guy gets elected, we need plan B, right? We need to have something in place. And then you have them, Eloquently, I mean, you know, kudos to them because as you now look in the, with the benefit of a mirror, hindsight 2020, when you look at the fact that you have Comey who literally orchestrated the special counselor, it couldn't have happened and unfolded any more perfectly according to their plan. And all of this ultimately, ladies and gentlemen, is to bring down the duly constitutionally elected president of the people whom they don't approve of, who was the virus that the people of America injected into the swamp in order to destroy the swamp. We know it. They know it. They're the ones that have the, their, their fingers, their hands on the level, levers of power. John Bolton called this is the first attempted coup d'etat in the history of the country. And we're seeing it, ladies and gentlemen. And if is, you're not paying attention, you need to start. 
when, when the intelligence services and the law enforcement agencies are this corrupt and this politicized, that they're going to try to override the, the vote of the American people on who they elect. This is scary, scary stuff. And it's real. And it's happening. It's happening in Sacramento, like we're talking to Gary Galano. Up next, you got Governor Brown using the false narrative of climate change in order to extract money out of our pockets. It's happening in Washington, D.C. Folks, you can't wait any longer to get involved. We'll be back after the break with our guest for the second half of the Unite IE Radio Show to discuss how they're going to take money from your pockets. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, Call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office in the country, that of private citizen. And one of the things we love to do, Greg, when we have the opportunity, uh, when items surface in the news flow is to highlight the work of citizens who do take that job seriously, that role of getting involved, the most important political office in the entire country, the private citizen who gets involved and begins to, uh, you know, expose, uh, help to steer the course of uh, legislation. Uh, There's a laundry list of things that we could do, uh, but we have with us today someone who has been instrumental in exposing yet the most recent uh, effort by the lawmakers in California and those that decide on policy to change the course of the way that we pay our taxes on uh, road taxes, basically. Right. And uh, we just had, you and I went to an event that uh, for the vehicle mileage tax, which you're talking about, that uh, Gary Galeno, who's our guest today, uh, helped organize some of our Patriot activists to go down there and present why the vehicle mileage tax is a terrible idea. So we're, and, but beyond that, Gary is all over the place. He, he, he has, he's a prolific vlogger which is video blogging. And you find him on YouTube under Grindall61. That's G-R-I-N-D-A-L-L-61. And also has his own Facebook page under his own name, Gary Galeno. And I understand that you have, uh, Gary, you have over 18 million views of your YouTube videos? Uh, We're closing in on 20 million, Greg. Terrific. That's great. Are you uh, just... I don't want to take the, uh, our conversation away from the course, but I know that one of the things that has happened on YouTube is, is that the individuals that have a content of their YouTube videos that uh, YouTube and their masters at Google don't agree with have been demonetizing uh, videos. Have you have have you 
suffered under that new uh, effort to take revenue away from people that produce content that they don't agree with? Uh, yeah, pretty much everything you've heard about with YouTube and all their little games that uh, I've had to deal with myself personally. Okay. One of the things that I, I want to do is to start by every, every one of us comes into our political engagement from a different road. And it's always interesting to me, and I think it's instructive for the folks that listen to hear how each one of us uh, came to the point to where we get involved to the degree that we are in politics, in activism. And tell us uh, how what your gateway drug is, the way I like to phrase it, was into political activism. What got you off the couch and onto the playing field to begin to do what you're doing? Sure, Don. Um so I live in an apartment, and um, one day I got a letter on my door from my landlord, and the letter had stated that the next day at the city council in my where I live in West Covina, they were going to have a uh, basically a workshop-type meeting on something called the Rental Housing Inspection Program. And uh, what that was, uh, briefly, was the city only had one code enforcement officer, and they wanted to hire four more and give them vehicles so they could drive around the city and essentially look at the exterior of your of where you lived uh, to see if your grass was too long, if you have cars in the driveway, if you have cars or no, if you have cars with tarps on the driveway, if you have like cars on the lawn, all that kind of stuff. And uh, they were basically just going to drive around and harass everybody. Mm-hmm. So I went to the workshop, I recorded it, and then uh, a few months later, city council uh, held a hearing on the matter, and about fifteen or so people spoke uh, against it, including myself. And the city council uh, sided with us, and we won. And the issue has never been brought back up. Uh, at the time, uh, I kind of just went back home. I, I didn't really think to continue going to city council. I was happy that we had the victory. Uh, probably about six months uh, later or so, I was listening to a radio program, and the person doing the show was talking about how in California they were going to start knocking on our doors to try to come into our dwelling. Uh, to which I just was like, okay, I will see if that actually happens. Mm-hmm. And then a week later, I got a knock on the door from the L.A. County uh, Health Department, and the guy wanted to come in and look around. And uh, to make a long story short, I more or less chased him away and so that he could not come in. And when that happened, that's when I said, okay, I have to be much more active than just you know once a year or once whenever I get a letter from the city. And uh, ever since then, I've been uh, a very active person uh, engaging in local politics. Wow. And you mentioned when we were hashing this out a little bit that the guy gave you a card. It had a very cryptic job description for this gentleman, loosely phrased, who knocked on your door. What was his job description? Uh, His job description was it was called the Bureau of District Surveillance and Enforcement. And I still have that card to this day. (laughs) That doesn't bring up 1984 and and Orwellian pictures of of an Orwellian government. I'm not sure what does. Did he ever come back? Did you ever hear from him again? Yeah, actually, he did. Uh, That's how I got the business card is because he came back a second time and he was over in the, uh, the neighboring building like a week later. And uh, I, I knew I couldn't really approach him because I kind of chased him away the first time. So I, uh, I was with my wife, and we were leaving to go somewhere. And I said, really quick, just go out and talk to him and, and just get something from him, like a piece of paper or a card or whatever. And so that's how we got the card. And then uh, someone else came by a year later, but they didn't knock on my door. And I know it was that same thing because it was, they, they come at the exact same time every year. It's around December. It's actually around this time. It was December the 19th when they came. So, uh 
And wow. I seen a guy with a clipboard knocking on our doors, and I go, "There they are again." They come, and I was, I, I came to find out they come every year at the same time. So uh, I did see the this happen a couple more times. So tell us, tell us, what is this uh, vehicle mileage tax (VMT)? What's that? What's that all about? Okay, essentially, the state of California is claiming they do not have enough revenue to maintain and fix the roads, so they want to tax you for every mile that you drive in your car. And uh, it's just something that's very early in the process. It's not something that's going to happen tomorrow. Uh, actually, I actually have target dates. Uh, the target date that I have is 2025 for this to start. And uh, we're trying to get ahead of it early so that we're not shocked one day when they're trying to you know, force us upon us. Now the idea is, and there's a there's a pilot program that's been underway, and then there's this commission that we went to in Riverside, a meeting of that commission that is investigating this this idea. Correct. So uh, about I, I, they said it was 2014, uh, a law was passed, SB 1077, and that law uh, created uh, the commission we went to. The commission is under the California Transportation Commission, and it's called the Technical Advisory Committee. And that commission's job is to study the concept of what they call road charge, taxing us by the mile. So that's the meeting we were at. And, of course, that uh, when it comes to getting money for the roads, they never look at, well, let's maybe cut back on other less useful spending. Let's actually spend transportation taxes and fees that we're collecting on the roads rather than on other things. We never look at that. It's always, well, how do we get more money from the people? Right. Well, you know, and I know everything's about money. I mean, I don't ever deny that, but uh, I actually don't see it that way as being about money. Uh, I see it as more of a punitive measure that they just want to price you out of your car. They just want to make it so expensive to drive that you are unable to. And uh, I hope I have a little bit of time to explain this. Um, I know you guys have talked about SCAG in the past, and uh, really briefly, that's the Southern California Association of Governments. And they are a major unelected uh, bureaucracy here in Southern California. And they released a document uh, that talks about vehicle mileage tax. And in their document, they're, they're claiming, and, and they say that it'll start in 2025. So at the meeting, they said 2025, and the document says 2025. So there's clearly a match. But they're claiming it's going to be $0.04 cents a mile uh, at, to start. And so I did the math. If you drive 25,000 miles a year, that's $1,000 they're going to charge you. Uh, for your mileage, but of course we know how government is. Uh, the four cents will not be forever. It'll be five cents, and then six cents, and then eight cents, and then ten cents, and so forth and so on. And so uh, they're just trying to make it as difficult as possible to operate a motor vehicle in California. Let me stop you there. We're going to take a commercial break, and then we're going to unpack a little bit further here of how this vehicle mileage tax can be used for things beyond just collecting revenue. But first, we need to hear from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer.
This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. We have somebody on the line with us today, Gary Galeno, who exemplifies that uh, statement by Justice Lewis Brandeis. Now, you can find more of Gary's work on his YouTube channel, Grindall61, that's G-R-I-N-D-A-L-61, or his own fa- or his Facebook page, Gary Galeno, G-I-L-E-N-O. And uh, I understand Gary has more, almost 20 million views of his YouTube video. Some, you know, Don, you and I think we're trying to make a little bit of an impact, but we're nowhere near 20 million listeners of our, of our show here. Well, I think what we're, what we're seeing is in the era of Trump, combined with the era of this new digital media and citizen journalism, there is a, a brand new form of getting news out. I mean, bottom line, which is the YouTube, I'm using YouTube more and more and more to do things as simple as watch the programs that were on TV last night that I, you know, did record, but I don't want to go down and watch them in my living room. I'm watching them from my office right on YouTube because people are posting that. So YouTube is becoming and, and platforms like that, uh, along with blogging, uh, a, a, a new way for citizens to share what they're doing in terms of activism. Um, We had a uh, protest, if you will, a rally on the border that happened this weekend. And while it was covered by traditional media news, uh, we also could go to YouTube and watch even more detailed coverage by everybody there who had a phone and was live streaming that that rally. In the last segment, we were talking about the proposed vehicle mileage tax for California that will tax us based on the number of miles we drive. And in addition to gathering revenue, Gary, how can and probably will this be used to try to control us? Well, it's uh, it's very simple. Uh, I mean, just the fact that they are uh, taxing you by the mile and tracking you. But there's several ways that they discussed the meeting uh, options they've been looking at through the pilot program, and uh, they were, hang on, I had it right in front of me, uh, they were uh, what they called mileage permits, time permits, and those two things, uh, they more or less said they don't like those things because uh, they're not invasive enough, and they didn't use the word invasive, but essentially uh, they don't like that there's no enforcement of it. So the time permit, uh, you essentially pay for what they said 60, 90, or 120 days, there's no way of them to enforce uh, when you re-up the permit. And I'm assuming it's the same for the mileage permit. And in those two instances, uh, I guess uh, they're just not as invasive. It's just uh, you just basically fill out a form, send in a check, and then that's it. The method that they are really pushing for is what they refer to as in-vehicle telematics. And uh, we, we've I've shown some of that on the YouTube channel. So essentially what that is, uh, there's a little device that they want to put in your car. I, I would describe it as being probably about four inches by four inches. It's not very big. And it goes uh, down by where your uh, your gas pedal or your e-brake is, uh, kind of in that area of your car where your feet are. And then you, it's like a, a plug-in or like a card. You, you, you insert that into the device, and then that's like a GPS, kind of like an OnStar. It, it, it essentially tracks everywhere you go. So that little device will know where you're at at all times, know what time you're going to certain places. 
and then uh, you'll be taxed by the mile through that device. So what they talked about at the meeting, uh, they referred to it as an electronic handshake, that as soon as you drove up to the gas pump, that device would kick in, and it would immediately you know, know how many miles you've driven, and then it would basically charge you at the pump. And so that, that's what, what, what we're talking about here. Uh, they also talked about that, because uh, they said there's some problems right now with this, uh, and it's not the obvious problems. It's not the, the Orwellian, you know, 1984-type problems. To them, the problem was uh, they discussed the idea of that in order for this to work, your car has to be pinged every so often from, you know, I don't know if it's a satellite or, or for whatever the infrastructure that they're going to be using, they have to ping your car to, to locate it all the time. And they didn't say that that was a problem because it's invasive or a violation of privacy. They said it was a problem because it's going to cost so much money to put all that in. Hmm. So that was one thing that they talked about. The other problem they said was that in order to, to have the in-vehicle telematics with the pilot program, you had to pay for a subscription through, like, your smartphone. And uh, I'm learning this as I go along, so I don't know exactly what everything sure. is. Sure, But the language that was used in the meeting the, the lady that was presenting it, she said that if you do the in-vehicle telematics and get the subscription, that you would have to give your password to what she referred to as a commercial account manager. Now, I don't know what that even is or if that's part of the government or, or what, but she was basically saying that it's going to be problematic that people have to give up their password and their username info basically to the government. And oh, so... so uh, let me stop you there. It seems to me that, that and I heard the, the chairman of this commission saying, well, it would just, it would, you would, they would just take the, check the number of miles driven, not where, not when, just the number of miles driven, and then based on that, here's your tax, which is bad. That, that, that could be bad enough. But I suggest that it is inevitable with this that they are going to use it to track where and when you drive, and they're going to use variable pricing to price, try to price low and middle income people out of their cars. So if you want to drive to work, let's say you want to drive between 6 and 9 a.m. Well, the price isn't 4 cents a mile. It is 50 cents a mile or some number like that. Or maybe your first 1,000 miles a month is so much, but you drive more than 1,000 miles a month, then it's going to be double that or triple that. And if you drive more than 3,000 and, and base the pricing this way, and I think it is inevitable this is how the system will be used, and there's ample evidence beyond this program here, and I think you'll, you would agree, Gary, that the leaders of California want to get people out of our cars. Not them, but the average people, they want us out of our cars. Yeah, that's correct. I mean, this is all about control, and the state of California, they have a mandate in law that we have to fight climate change. And the way you fight climate change is you reduce your carbon footprint. And the way you reduce your carbon footprint is you do get out of your car. You stop living in a single-family home. You stop watering a yard. You stop having a pool in the backyard. So they are uh, taking measures as we speak right now to what I say reduce our standard of living. What you referred to with the uh, if you drive you know, uh, at a certain time of day, uh, they did not mention this at all at the meeting we went to, but at a previous meeting that I watched online, uh, they did talk about that. And we are seeing that uh, evidence in our lives with the toll lanes. You know, when there's traffic on the freeway uh, during rush hour, they'll charge you $20 just to go a few miles in the toll lanes. 
And so they talked about this idea of what they called congestion pricing, where you will pay more at certain times of the day. Uh, that's obviously not, that's not at all written in the plan that I referred to, where it talks about four cents a mile by 2025. But as we both know, we know how government works. You know, at any time they can make little stipulations stating uh, that, you know, if you do have a certain car or if you are driving at a certain time, that they will uh, penalize you for that because what they, they refer to all of this as what they call traffic management. They want to they manage and control everything, and they don't like that uh, there are times where the freeway is not moving, which, of course, who, who likes that at all? But they don't like it because they want to manage the traffic out of existence so that you're just not on the road at a certain time so that the road is always moving. So that's basically what they're trying to do here. So when the government promises us, if you like your car, you can keep your car, we probably shouldn't believe them? No, we should not. And unfortunately, they're not even saying that. They actually do say you're going to get out of your car. I mean, I've got numerous examples of them saying that. All right, we need to take another break here, but if you can stay with us, Gary, let's, let's talk a little bit more about what sustainability and Agenda 21 is and what, how that's going to affect people's lives if those ideas go forward. But first, another word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of wreck and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program. We have been discussing the long game, if you will, that the government is involved in to further control our lives, to further extract money, this time in the form of a new scheme for taxing us for the use of roads called the vehicle per mile tax. We've just recently, we've, we've talked a lot about on November 1st, the new tax that went into effect. And of course, then there's the bigger scheme of carbon, uh, of carbon uh, taxing, which takes the form of cap and trade, which could add another 50 to 70 cents per mile. But I think the big takeaway from the conversation, we have Gary Galano on the phone with us who helped to organize a number of us to show up at the uh, Riverside County Board of Supervisors uh, meeting area where the Technical Advisory Committee of the California Transportation Commission met, and it was a public hearing for the purpose of letting everybody know that this is the future that they envision for us, which is kind of interesting, Gary, because that meeting was held between 10 and 2. And if I was going to hold a meeting and ask for public comment, would seem to me I'd want to hold it at a time when the public could actually show up like on the weekend or in the evening when they're not working. Do you see that happening a lot? Oh, every, every meeting does that. With the exception to your regular city council, if you're going to any other meeting that's besides that, uh, you're going to be going at a very inopportune time in the middle of the week, early in the morning, because they don't want you there. They, they do not want you there uh, messing up their 
their little schemes. So the government's playing this long game. They are beginning to put the pieces into place for something that they hope to implement around 20, <clears throat> excuse me, 25, which is to replace the gas tax that we pay at the pump per gallon with a new scheme to tax us per mile. And I, I would love to hear at some point in time what their plan is for people outside of California who happen to drive into California how are they going to get taxes from them? But that's for a conversation another day. Greg, you had a particular uh, question regarding where all this comes from. Yeah, we only have a little bit of time here. And it's, it's, and the uh, so-called Agenda 21, Agenda 30, sustainability, uh, that, that's a big topic for um, – you know, that, that, that's a whole hours program. Or, or more, but in just a little bit of time here, what when they when here's the here a nice thing called sustainability. Oh, that sounds nice. Why should people be worried about that term? Well, uh, I spent several years uh, studying uh, just what that is, and it's, it, the definition itself is very vague. It's it's very hard to understand. Uh, myself and some people I work with, we kind of came up with our own definition, and essentially what it is, it is the reduction of your standard of living. It is using less of everything. It is paying more for less. So, you know, when I was a kid growing up, they always said bigger is better and all that kind of stuff. Well, now less is more. So when they talk about sustainability, they're talking about reducing your consumption, reducing your carbon footprint. So that means less water, less energy, less food, less mobility. It's just less, 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 you know, less square footage. And uh, they want to basically put you in a box. And I mean that literally. They want to put you in a small uh, what they call stack-and-pack apartments, uh, high-density living. It's just, uh, you know, we're talking apartments that are a few hundred square feet that cost thousands a month. And uh, they, they want to put you in a place where you can just be controlled. And the whole vehicle mileage tax scheme, uh, that is for control, but that is also uh, to price you out of your car because they don't want you uh, having a car when you're living, when you're living in these buildings. We stop, we stop you there, Gary. Well, uh, we, we thank you for all this information. Let's tell people again where, how they can connect with you and learn more about this on YouTube at Grindall61 or your, or your Facebook page, Gary Galeno, G-I-L-E-N-O. And it's a very important topic for freedom and prosperity. And we thank you for everything you're doing and coming on the show. And we'll have you back to uh, talk more about this. That's all the time we have this week. See you next week on Unite IE Radio. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.